awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let's stand and pray still. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to sing that to you. As I was singing this, you were good, good, so good. It just uh, makes my heart soar, my spirit just want to sing even louder. Declare your praises, God. At the same time as I was singing that, I was thinking about all the difficult situations I know around me. The pain, the discouragement, disillusionment I see. People wondering where you are, God. And I just had a vision as we were singing that you were there. You're there in our pain. You're there with us in our suffering. You're a compassionate God. I just pray that we'd all sense that right now. You are with us. We can trust you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here. I got really emotional there and uh, feeling just some pain and some just friends I have right now. I'm going through some difficult stuff and just hoping today that those that aren't here are feeling and knowing that God's with them and that they are trusting him in those difficulties. And I just pray that would be true for all of us. If you're watching online, it would be true for you as well. So I'm going to invite you, if you would, just to uh, grab, go ahead and grab your message notes out of your program. Uh, they look like this, and you can follow along with our talk today. I put all the Bible verses that we'll use. Also, I'd like to invite you to open your Bible, though, to Ephesians chapter 4, because that's where we'll be for all of our time today as we talk about this idea of the gifts of grace. <clears throat> now, grace is something that we all long for. We've set that up in this series, uh, and yet, we, and something we all want to experience, and yet there are times as we're moving forward, we're walking with God, and we hear that this warmth and this fuzziness about grace. Oftentimes, uh, in that journey, we end up leaving, you know, feeling discouraged or disappointed or disillusioned in the middle of the search. And so I, 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 that's true with me. It's true with mo it's got to be true with everyone in here at some point. And so this series is just designed to help us when we get to those places to be able to trust God that grace is real and grace is for us, and then help us to know how to flow, how to live in the current of grace. One of the books I recommended the very first week is called Habits of Grace. Uh, can't recommend this highly enough. Uh, we have several. We have sold out that week. We have several copies in the bookstore if you want to stop in and look at this one as well as others that are picked out. Um, he really helps us to change our, our mindset from you know, doing duties for God to engaging in practices with God. And as I engage with practices with him, then he transforms me. They're means of more grace. They're not duties that I have to do. So I really appreciated uh, this author's writing as he helped me to understand that. We're in this series because we want everyone to experience grace. And that's what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, 15. He says, see to it that no one, it's underlined that, no one fails to obtain, or another translation says, misses out on the grace of God. 
So in our series, we're just saying that we want everyone to experience grace. We don't want anyone to miss out on the grace that God has, and we want them to be able to enter into the flow of his amazing grace. And the way God designed <clears throat> grace to work is that he pours out grace on individuals. So that's everyone. He pours out grace on individuals so that grace can then be poured out through individuals to the entire earth. That's the way God designed it to work. He pours out grace on you and me so that then grace flows through us and it impacts the entire world. God blesses his people so that with grace so that they will bless others with grace. And today what we're going to do is we're going to consider this whole idea of the gifts of grace. God has blessed his people with gifts of grace so that they can be blessings to all people. We're just going to be in Ephesians 4. I'm going to skip some of the verses. We'll just jump in with verse 1. And look at Paul's writings here. He begins with this. He says, Therefore I, and it's Paul, a prisoner for the serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. He's pretty strong language here, begging us that we would lead a life worthy of the calling that we've been giving, for you have been called by God. Now, if you're familiar with the book of Ephesians, and as Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, he has just spent the first half of the book, the first three chapters, uh, defining the gospel of Jesus Christ, defining how we receive the grace of Christ. We spent the first three chapters walking through the whole doctrine of grace, doctrine of the gospel. And now here in chapter four, what he's doing is he's switching gears just a little bit. He's switching directions and he explains to us how we can live as recipients of grace. Okay, here was the gospel of grace. Assuming that you've received that, here's how you live now as a recipient of grace. He's saying, here's the gospel, and now you are guardians of the gospel. Guardians of the gospel, and here's how you live in the light of grace. Now, just kind of help us to understand a little bit about what we're talking about today. We live in an age of superpowers, right? All the movies that come out, the Marvel movies, the DC movies, they're all about superpowers and individuals with powers that are beyond anything that we could imagine. They just accomplish these great feats that all of us wish we could accomplish at some point. Recently, a talk show host asked his audience to choose which superpower you would be if you had a chance. Now, that's a little complicated because there's a lot of superpowers, uh, I actually uh, went to Wikipedia. I don't want you to do it right now, okay? Go to Wikipedia and just punch in superpowers. And I quit counting at around 350, and there were still four pages to go. So I think there's probably a, in this list uh, somewhere around 550 superpowers listed that you could actually choose from. Lots of variations on those. Plus then uh, lots of subcategories. So the list is pretty expansive, this whole idea of superpowers. So just think about this. And in fact, well, I'm going to ask a question. You might try this at lunch today with the people you have lunch with, or maybe in your community group this week. The talk show ghost host gave his guest just two options, not 550, okay? So he made it a lot easier, just two options. If you were given the choice, would you want to have the ability to fly or the ability to be invisible? Would you want to have the ability to fly or would you want to be, have the superpower of invisibility? So you look at that, invisible or flying. Now, his audience answered immediately, and I bet you already know which one you'd want to be in your mind. So I'm going to ask you to turn to your neighbor and tell them which one you'd choose, okay? Flying or invisible? Which one would you pick? Not even tell them why. Flying or invisibility? Pretty fun, huh? 
See, deep down inside of us, folks, this is why I'm doing this. Deep down inside of us, we all dream of having some kind of superpower. We never outgrow this. That's why we keep going to the movies. We keep looking. We keep reading. We all wish we had some kind of superpower that somehow we could break out of the realm of the ordinary that we live in and have abilities beyond what a normal human being would have that we would be able to do something exceptional. And in one sense, what Paul is talking about to us that we're going to look at this morning in terms of the gifts of grace or the gifts of the Holy Spirit is something similar to this. The idea that somehow God gives us special abilities, and the Bible calls these spiritual gifts that allows us to have an impact beyond what we can accomplish with our ordinary human skills, talents, and resources. So I'm just going to take just a minute today from like the 30,000-foot level, okay? So we're not going to dive down the deep weeds of this today. Take an overview of this today. We're going to talk about these gifts, how to understand them, and then what God wants us to do with them. He goes on to say this in um, verse 7. Paul writes this in verse 7 of uh, Ephesians 4. He says this, he has given each one of us. You might just circle that, each one of us, just like he wants everyone to experience grace, no one to be left out. When he says each one of us here, he means what? Everybody. Everybody. He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And he's saying that, here's the deal. Part of the experience of God's grace is when we receive saving grace that he's talked about in the first three chapters. So I received saving grace through Jesus Christ. And at the moment I receive saving grace, he fills me with a special gift. And this gift is the grace from Jesus Christ to have a special ability. That means every person. Now it just doesn't leave anyone out. So some of you have been wondering along the line, why you didn't get a spiritual gift, you said yes to Jesus Christ, you don't notice it, or someone hasn't noticed it in you, or some of you, you know, along the way, you've struggled with this concept. Every person who has said yes to Jesus Christ, every person has one or more spiritual gifts that have been given according to God's grace and goodwill to you. Everyone. Every person who becomes a follower of Jesus Christ has been given one or more spiritual gifts. Let's say it again. Each follower of Jesus Christ has a spiritual gift. Every follower of Jesus Christ has a superpower. A superpower. So I just want you to just go ahead and help me out here. Turn to your neighbor right now. Would you just say, you are gifted, okay? Go ahead and do that. You are gifted. You have a superpower that has been given to you for the greater good to help the world flourish, to help the world flourish. So now I'm going to jump in and read the rest of this uh, and uh, these verses through verse 10. And he says, that is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights... He led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says, he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also ascended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. If you're like me, you read that, you're like, what is he talking about? What's what's he mean here? And then if you really, you do some research here, you do some study here, you realize that Paul's quoting from a psalm. 
And the psalmist had prophesied or predicted the time when Jesus would come from heaven, descend, to be on our earth. He would die, he would be resurrected, and then he would ascend to heaven again. That's what he's talking about. Descend from heaven to earth, live, die, be resurrected, and then he would ascend to heaven again. And then from that place of authority, that place of power, he would dispose, he would dispense, he would release, he would empower people who chose him with certain gifts so that their impact, so that now their impact, get this, would fill the entire universe with the presence of Christ. You see, you see why this is so important? So that our impact would fill the entire universe with the presence of Jesus Christ himself. This is what makes, this is what makes grace so amazing. It makes this whole idea so great. Instead of getting less of Jesus when Jesus left and ascended to be in heaven, we actually get more of Jesus. We get more of him. We, get all, we all get a portion of Jesus inside of us, a gift through the Holy Spirit. Jesus had all the spiritual gifts. He had every single one of them. And now through the Holy Spirit, he pours into his people a portion of his ability to meet the needs of others, to meet the needs of others. Every person who has been is here listening to my voice, you're listening to my voice online, if you've said yes to Jesus Christ, I just want to say it again, you have been given a spiritual gift. You've been given a gift of grace. Okay, so what is a spiritual gift? What would it mean to know, to think about, I have a spiritual gift? Well, I just want to give you a definition. You can write it somewhere there. It's not going to be on the slides or in your notes anywhere. One definition of a spiritual gift is that it's a special ability that, is, that God has given his people to build others up. It's a special ability that God has given his people to build others up or to draw people to him so that they can know Jesus, so that others can know Jesus. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk just a little bit about how we display the gifts of grace <coughs> and um, just kind of walk us through this uh, so we can have a better understanding. Okay, how do I display the gifts of grace? First, I must discover my gifts, okay? So that's the first thing I have to do. I have to discover what gift Jesus gave me. According to the Bible, I'm going to say this a lot today, every follower of Jesus Christ has a gift. Okay, say it again. Every follower of Jesus Christ has a gift. And so what we're called to do now is discover it. It doesn't come with a label. It doesn't come with, you know, an emblem. It is a gift that he gives me. So God, Paul goes on to say in verse 11, he says this, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. And he lists some here, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So he has a list here. Well, there are five different places in the Bible that you can find lists of spiritual gifts. So you might want to write these down and look at them sometime. Ephesians 4, right there. Romans 12. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 14. And 1 Peter 4. In every one of those sections of the Bible, you'll find a list of spiritual gifts. It won't be the same list. There will be some in others that won't be in the next one. But you'll find a representative list of spiritual gifts in those five Bible passages. So it's a good starting place if you want to discover your particular gift. These, I just, these lists are not comprehensive. They're not exhaustive. They're representative. Just know that. They're representative of the kinds of gifts that God gives. They're general descriptions. And so just, want to, just remember, the most important thing you need to take away is that I have one. We each have one. So this is what Peter says in 1 Peter 4.10 about this. 
God has given each of you, underline that, each of you, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. There's a whole bunch of them. Use them to serve one another. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift. Underline, circle that. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can use it to help others. Romans 12. In his grace, this is on the backside of your notes. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Now, I want you to go back over to the first side, just a moment, and we're going to walk through those verses again, and I'm going to have you underline a certain phrase. In all three of these Bible passages, it says that everyone's been given a spiritual gift, a gift of grace, and then it says that because you've been given a gift of grace, everyone will look at you and they will say, you are amazing. Is that what it says? I don't think that's what it says at all. They'll look at you in awe, like you are the bomb. I can't believe you. Look at you and what you do. Okay, that's not what it says. According to Peter, Peter says we're given spiritual gifts so that we may what? Serve one another. Serve one another. Underline that. Serve one another. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says we are given gifts so that we may help each other. So we may help each other. And in Romans 12, back on the backside of your notes, he says that the gifts of grace are given so that we may do certain things well, and he's inferring here, for the betterment of others. When we discover our gifts and we use them, what he's wanting us to see and what I hope we can see today is that people are blessed and inspired and propelled forward to want to be all they can be for Jesus as well. When we do that ourselves. This is key. Our gifts are given so that we can serve and help others, not so that we can get puffed up by our superpower that we've been given. We're all given gifts of grace so that we can be like Jesus and humbly serve others. Now, I don't have time to walk through the whole list today. Uh, I just want to encourage you that you would take our next Blessed 301 class that's in, on February 11th. And in that class, it's designed to help you to kind of walk through and get an idea of the one to two to three spiritual gifts that you may think you have. It's a self-assessment. And so you, you, you know, self-assessments are only good as the assessor, right? So just know that. And so it's a, it's a great way to get started, though, and you, I just encourage you to go to that class. My second is this. I display the gifts of grace as I develop my gifts. So I discover them. That's not, that's not really not going to do a lot of good until I develop them. So now I've got to do some OJT, and I've got to learn uh, how to use the gifts I've been given. And Paul goes on in verse 12 and talks about what these lists of people did that he gave in that list of uh, uh, gifts there. It says that their responsibility is to equip, you might underline that, equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. So notice that. When God's people do their work, the church is built up. So the opposite would be true. If God's people don't do their work, the church is torn down. So it's just really evident here how important it is that we would be involved in engaging with our gifts. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring to the full and complete standard of Christ. So we've all been given gifts. We've all been given gifts to discover and we're all called to enter into a process of being equipped to develop those gifts so that we can do God's work and we can build up the church. We can build up the church. 
Now, I'm not saying it has to be the local building church or the local community here, but it could be the church universal. We've been given this to build up the church. So there's a point we need to understand here. Spiritual gifts are given to individuals, not so that individuals will stand out and receive accolades and praise, but those individuals will use those gifts to build up the church, to build up the church so that the church is even more effective in its ministry and its mission, even more effective. Gifts were given for ministry and mission. It's really key. And this is what is distinctive about Christian spiritual gifts versus our other gifts and talents. The ultimate goal of grace is always ministry and mission. It's always ministry and mission. That's why the best way to develop the gifts that you think you might have been given is through a process of discovering them, and I mean, it may take some time to discover them, and then using them. Tonight, we get to hear some stories from some people who just came back from Uganda, and I, I've just loved um, being able to you know, watch some of their experiences through social media, and uh, oh, I just have been thrilled at what God's done in Ordinary people from little old Grass Valley who are over in Uganda across the world, and now they've had gifts, and all of a sudden they're using and putting those gifts into play for ministry and mission and what God has done in them, and then you're going to hear tonight about what God did through them in Uganda. So I develop my gifts as I exercise them, as I practice them, as I strengthen them. I'll never forget the um, first experience I had at speaking. So uh, the college I went to had a relationship with a homeless feeding station in downtown Phoenix. So the homeless would come, and they could be fed, and uh, here, there was only one cost to the food, you know, they, what they came. They would come on Sunday morning, and they would get breakfast. The only cost was is that they had to hear an aspiring pastor give a 10-minute sermon. That was the cost. Now, I signed up. And as I signed up for this, I said, okay, a 10-minute sermon. My first thought was, how in the world am I ever going to do that? At that point was, I didn't know how I could ever fill 10 minutes. It wasn't like, how could I ever get down to 10 minutes? It was, how could I ever fill 10 minutes? That's kind of what I was thinking at that point. And so I go down, and I get to the soup kitchen where they're feeding the homeless that morning. And I go in, and there's about 10 homeless men there. And so I give my 10-minute sermon and then as I'm walking out to my car, this is exactly what I thought. That was the most expensive breakfast those men have ever had. <laughs> that they had to pay by listening to me for 10 minutes. It was really rough. It was really rough. I just tell you. I was feeling it. I was so nervous. I was sweating. Oh, dry mouth. Well, I kept at it. And so I kept developing the gift that I knew God had given me, even though it seemed so small and inadequate at the time. I took classes on preaching and speaking. I took classes on theology so that I wouldn't mess people up <laughs> with faulty sermons, faulty Bible interpretations. I even took a class on speech and diction so that I could know how to pronounce words. And you know, you ask my kids today, they, don't, they can't understand a word I say. They think I need to go back and take that class again. <laughs> I said yes to every op opportunity I possibly could to develop the gift that I've been given. So, folks, what we have to do is we have to put ourselves in a place to be equipped for ministry and mission. Because 
And John read this verse earlier. This is what God says about every one of us. He says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ, Jesus, so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He created us, he made us, and then he gave us a gift. Long ago, he dreamed up what we would do. And when we enter in, we develop the gift, and we bring him glory, and our world flourishes as people are drawn to Jesus. So you and I are uniquely crafted by God. Every one of us is given a specific gift God had in mind when he made you. Okay, so he had a gift in mind. You now said yes to Jesus Christ. God said, that's why I made you. Here's the gift that's going to fit you. Every one of us. See, he takes your spiritual gifts, and he wants to work in you. So, folks, I just want to say this. We think about your life is bigger than your job. It's bigger than your family. It's bigger than your kids. It's bigger than your grandkids. It's bigger than your beautiful garden. It's bigger than your nice vacation. It's bigger than your fashionable clothes. It's bigger than your sporty car. It's bigger than your career or your retirement. Your life is bigger than that. In reality, you are part of something immense, something that began before you were born and will continue after you die. God is rescuing fallen humanity as he draws people to himself as he uses you in ministry and mission. He's bringing people into his kingdom. We talked about that last week as we progressively change to be more like him and his likeness. And he made every one of us to be part of it. One of the things that you'll learn in class 301 is that every one of us has a shape, a spiritual gift, heart or passion, ability or skills, a personality and experiences. And God takes all of that, spiritual gift was one, one component of it, and he uses that so that others can know him, so that we can be effective. And I need to develop those gifts. I've been uniquely gifted and uniquely prepared, uniquely equipped, and I need to lastly, deploy my gifts. I need to deploy my gifts. I discover my gifts, I develop my gifts, and I deploy my gifts. It doesn't do any good if I discover my gift and I develop my gift and it just stays all bottled up and no one ever gets to experience God's grace through me because I was unwilling to deploy my gift. This doesn't help. One of the best ways of developing the gifts is through engagement. I talked about that through development, through on-the-job on training, those kinds of things. So let's go on and let's read what Paul says. He says, then we will no longer be immature like children. So I'm just going to pause and ask some questions. We will no longer be immature like children. Do you want to mature as a follower of Jesus Christ? Then deploy your gift. He goes on to say, we won't be tossed and, bl and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Do you want to be clear about your faith and live a life of faith? Then deploy your spiritual gift. He goes on to say, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. And I say, do you want to be confident in God's word to you? Then deploy your spiritual gift. He goes on to say this. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Isn't that a beautiful picture? 
It's a beautiful picture. So do you want to be more like Jesus? Then deploy your spiritual gift. Do you want to love more deeply? Then deploy your spiritual gift. Do you want to take positive steps forward in your maturity in Christ? Then deploy your spiritual gift. Do you want this church to be a healthy and loving place? Then deploy your spiritual gift. It's so clear. It's so clear. Each one of us has a role in the church body in which we've been placed. Each one of us. Just as each part of my body has a role in my health, each part of Christ's body has a role in the church's health and its well-being. And God is saying that you matter. You may not think you matter. You've been told that you don't matter. You matter. You are a masterpiece created by him. He says you belong. You are necessary and essential. You have a role here. You have something to contribute. And God blessed you with a gift so that as you develop and deploy that gift, God's kingdom is built. People are drawn to Jesus. God's grace is dispersed throughout the universe as we do that. So let me just give you the goal there. It's right at the bottom of your page there. The goal of God's gift of grace in our lives is that we would be equipped... That we would enter into a process of being equipped so that we would be empowered. God's Holy Spirit works through us and empower us as we're engaging in our gifts so that we would then serve Jesus. So that we would then serve Jesus. Imagine what God could do. Imagine what he could do through a people, through a church. If every part of the body engaged to do its part? Were we engaged in such a way that we met the needs of others as more important than our own as we live in the current of grace? I just don't, I don't know about you, but I want to be part of something like that. As awesome as I think our church is, I want to be part of something where all people, all people engage with their gifts. So what I'm going to ask you to do is a, in the program, there's a place actually uh, to talk about some ways that you might engage and deploy your gifts. Also, this is a way that you could develop your gifts, even a way to discover your gifts. One of the best ways to uh, discover your gifts is simply by serving and then finding out, oh, gosh, that didn't work. I don't think I've got that gift. And then you come back and you try again. It's okay. You know, we, we, we get to experience that all the time. And so I just want to encourage you. I'm just going to give you a few moments here. I actually took my 10 minutes, and so I've got you know, a lot of room to go here. And so um, I want you to look through this list with me. And if you're serving, I want you to just pray with me right now. If you're serving, I'm not asking you to do more. I just want you to hear me there. I'm not asking you to do more. But if you're not, I want to give you an opportunity, opportunity that you would use your gifts of grace in ministry and mission for God's glory that the world would flourish because of what we do. So there's just, I'm going to walk through this with you a little bit. There's a place called Guest Services, and these are people that help with parking and greeting and uh, the Welcome Center out front, our coffee bar, dear to my heart, obviously. <laughs> emergency response team and communion prep. You know, one of the, uh, somebody came up with an idea. You've got ideas, give it to us. Somebody came up with an idea and said, you know what we need is we need people in our lobby that aren't just greeters and ushers, but they're just like welcomers. They're hosts that look around for people that are walking around like they don't know what 
which way they're going. And they're just friendly and smile and offer themselves to be helpful. <clears throat> that's something you could do as part of this guest services team. Maybe you want to be part of the groups and spiritual growth. Maybe that's a passion area that you think you've got and you understand that. So you could help to be a community group leader, host a group home, uh, events team for the different things that they do there. Uh, prayer is also under this. Prayer typist, prayer intercessor. Pray on our ministry team as you pray over here after services or during the week we send out prayer requests. Discipleship leader, lobby table host, so another way to be a host or just write the homework like inside of your uh, message notes. Uh, then it's facilities care. So we have Sunday set up. So this would be before anyone gets here on a Sunday morning. You come in and you help make sure the facility is inspiring and it's excellent and that you know there's plenty of paper towels and all the chairs are in place and all those things. And we have teardown. So after services every Sunday, we have a group of people that come and help to clean up because when we you know hit the ground Monday, we have lots of uses for the building and we want to make sure that it's back to good shape. Light landscaping, um, either through uh, the Monday morning team, the Wednesday morning team, or then our serve Saturdays. And then cleaning and small repairs, maybe you'd be willing to help in some of those areas. Students, oh my. Oh my, students need leaders. Need people that are passionate about kids, about high school kids. Do you have a heart for high school kids? Our kids today, folks, what they're being inundated with from culture, we really need positive role models. So Sunday leaders, prayer team, admin help, event drivers, Wednesday leaders, Wendy. Oh, the snack shop. There we go. That's the place for me. Uh, so, okay, on the back side, it talks about children. Once again, our children, as they're coming up through the programs that they're in, I love our, our children does to help kids at the age-appropriate levels to be exposed to Jesus Christ, have opportunities to get to know him. There's some ways that you could be involved there. You could be a classroom helper, storyteller. You could lead singing, play an instrument. And admin help and child care volunteer. Um, and so there's all kinds of ways that you could help there. And then we got have community impact. This is uh, where Pastor John leads out. And just want to encourage you here. Uh, At-risk youth. We're not asking you to um, become a big brother or big sister to an at-risk youth by that. We're asking you to be involved in the ministry that we already have with the at-risk students in our community through the school system who come here on a regular basis for games and food and meals and then their graduations. We, they allow us to do that. And so you could be involved in that. You could be involved in helping them in that way. Our single moms, we have a group that comes here on Wednesday evenings. Single moms, we, if you're a single mom, you need to hear me here. We, we, it, it's, you get free dinner on Wednesday night and childcare. And so this is a way that you could help that ministry is by being involved there. Uh, our safe families, this is for ch uh, families who are in desperate need of uh, a safe place for a short season so that they uh, can keep their kids safe. Senior outreach, <clears throat> once again, this doesn't mean that you're going into just nurse nursing homes, but we, have, we need folks to go into homes where we have seniors who need some help. Um, we also have a ministry uh, every Sunday morning uh, that we do a service at Eschaton, and uh, that service at Eschaton continues to grow. We were thinking we were going to have to go to two services at Eschaton, and then we found a larger place, and so it's a wonderful thing just to go over there and uh, maybe sing, maybe just be a host and help in some way, so I encourage you with that. We have the <clears throat> uh, jail ministry, and then we have special events. Special events, this is like Fall Family Festival or Run for the Community 
Uh, these are one-time things, but we really need a lot of people because these are all hands-on-deck kinds of experiences. And then we have our care team, and I just got to hear a presentation by Natalie Thompson, uh, and uh, her husband is Keith, and they had an opportunity to, uh, with Brett Malik to develop a, a care team proposal to us about how we're going to get better at caring for people. Maybe you want to help with that. One would be our memorial team, and I love our memorial team. Yesterday, we had a memorial here. And there are folks that show up and stay. And I got, a, I got an email last night uh, from uh, one of the family members. And it said, thank you so much that our church provides in this way uh, for those who are grieving and need help. And so there's going to be another way that you could help. Home repair teams, meals teams, hospital, home visitation. Some of you say, I'd like to go to the hospital and visit those who are sick. And then disaster response. You know, because of the uh, Lobo fire, we realized that we need to mobilize even a better way for disaster response, and so you could do that. Worship arts, uh, that would be the choir, and wasn't the choir the bomb today? Oh my, it was just really cool. The band, to play on the band, audio, uh, lighting, that would be all the lights we have here. It's a complicated system that they run back there, but we'd love for you to be part of. Slides, make sure we always have the slides in the right place. Camera operators so that the uh, online services, so everything can be streamed or we can put them on archive. Or stage decor. You know, about every three months, we change our entire stage, and so you can be part of the team. Maybe you've got some skills in that way. You love to do that. And then lastly would be special needs, and this is an area that's becoming really dear to our heart here at Twin Cities. And so we want to continue to expand um, there's so many families who have special needs children and then adult children who don't go to church because they can't, because they can't take their child. And so we're looking for more opportunities for all the families in our community who would want to go to church. They'd have an opportunity to do that. So you might look at that as a way that you could be involved. And then we're actually going to do, start doing uh, their dance, the special needs. There's a whole community here, and we're going to start doing their dance here. And so you might want to be involved in that and helping in some way. So those are just some of the ways that you might say, I'd like to help. What I'd love you to do is I'd love you to pick one or two. You know, you're not going to be able to say, I'll, I'll pick 20. Well, that's just a diversion tactic, okay? Pick one or two and say, this is what I'd like. I'm really serious about this. I'd like someone to contact me. And when they contact me, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be adult and I'm going to call them back or I'm going to email back, and so I'll, I can, you can count on that by me signing up today, and then just take an opportunity and fill this in the rest of the way, and then put it in the uh, offering baskets and receive our offerings in just a little bit. We each have a gift. God wants us to discover the gift. He wants us to develop the gift. He wants us to deploy the gift so that his kingdom is taken to the entire world, the entire earth in ministry and mission. Let's bow our heads and pray together. God, I want to thank you so much for the opportunity we've had just to basically have a family talk today about what you want to do, how you want to move and what you're going to do in us and through us. And I pray for every person here. Lord, I know that there's some that, that just the thought of being involved at church is just really scary. And maybe it's because in some point in the past they were and they felt they were abused, or they felt they were burned out, uh, they felt they weren't cared for, uh, or that it didn't fit, and they didn't know how to get out, and so they left it in a weird way. I just want to pray that they'd be willing to take another chance, uh, trust us, uh, that we would be helpful and caring for them. God, I pray for those who are, 
just scared because it would mean getting let someone would get to know them, and that it's been really hard. And so they love Twin Cities because you can slip in and slip out, and it's uh, without someone actually talking to you or knowing you. I just pray that you would look for an opportunity because it's in, in serving we also have community. We talk a lot about that. That you would just help us. God, I pray for those who are uh, now signing up today to say, yeah, I want, I want to do this, that you would just give us as, as staff and volunteers, uh, give us the due diligence that we would be good at following up and that they would be good responders and then that we would have placements into ministry so that our church can be even more effective, our body can be even more healthy. God, I pray for those who are serving. I pray today that as they've listened, that they've just been sitting here going, oh, I love serving. I love it. Because they've seen God use them. And God, I thank you for how grace flows in us. And then you, how you want it to flow through us. And I just thank you, Jesus, for what you want to do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.